0: In my video
1: good
0: yeah. i'm leaving okay Alrighty,
1: Alrighty, we are joined by very special guests guests god i'm already flubbing uh words <laughs> take two Actresses extraordinaire Jennifer Hale and Courtney Taylor, who are stars of pretty much everything, but right now two really enormous games that are both out at, the, at this moment. We have Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and we have the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. This is a very exciting time for both of you and for gamers because both of these games are fantastic. And I say both of these games, really it's like five games because we get a lot of Mass Effects. Uh, <laughs> congrats to both of you and thank you for taking time out of
0: a busy schedule to talk to me. Thank you for having us. I love, I love talking about this stuff. I love hanging out with Courtney. So it's like a big fat win-win all around. How I may the- have just put
2: on the internet that Jennifer Hale said she would adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard it here.
1: That's canon. <laughs> I'm now. dying
2: right now. Oh, my allergies are coming to
0: the surface.
1: Holy! <laughs> <God>. <laughs> how, how long have you two known each other? Because you you've worked on a few projects together, correct?
0: Um, yeah, but we don't this is the, <laughs> the yet untapped genius of games. We don't often get to be in the same room at the same time unless we're doing PCAP and we haven't done a PCAP project together yet. But I Courtney, I remember Oliver Vacare took me to a party with a bunch of people over near Sony one time, and we had a killer conversation there. And that was one of the first times we actually conversed, but it was years ago. It was around when Bioshock Infinite came out. Um, cause he was giving me a social life a little bit because <laughs> I'm always like, I'm working, I'm home. He's like, Oh God, get out. <laughs> so- <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, you know what though? But, but I remember the first time I really remember like interacting with you was the, um, Mass Effect three drop night. Yes. Yes. That, so was-, that was like, I knew who you were obviously. And I knew like, we had actually worked on, was it Knights of the Old Republic? Yes. Like, way back like that was why I knew who you were and and then obviously there's like you know being a fan of yours and then being in in Mass Effect but like the drop night of Mass Effect 3 was the night that I (laughs) met um Allie Hillis for the Mm -hmm. first time Ash Soroka um you were there Emily Brooks um yeah but and Kimmy and I have been friends forever like Forever. she was one of the first people I knew in, in voice acting, and so, um, but yeah, so I think that was like, so what was that? 2012? Uh,
0: it was earlier than that, I, I think. That would have been 2010. If when, be 10, when, 2010,
2: 2010 with
0: I don't, you know, I don't know. So, but okay. it, it was like 10? ten years ago. Please. Grab your Google, look it up. It's been a <laughs> while.
1: Know, if only
2: we had tiny computers in our pockets. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. Regardless, <laughs> confirmed Courtney and Jennifer best friends. Obviously, is what we we're <laughs> say.
2: I love this film, Also related now.
0: Oh, dude. Like I mean, adoption papers, <laughs> years, Courtney, because this, I'll just tell you, Pat, this woman is a freaking gift. I, Courtney is you're a gift. You're, you're so committed to people in the world and, and raising the level and being a good human and having a good time. And just, Oh, I'm so happy to count you as a friend. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, bring yes, it together. Together. This is one of the big, honestly, this is one of the things that I count as the, I mean, obviously Mass Effect was an amazing game and, and Jack is an amazing character. And I'm so thrilled that I had the opportunity to voice her, but I got great friends out of that game. Yeah. Like, you know, that I just didn't know before I was kind of a hermit before that. And so it was really fantastic to get like this whole cast of people. I mean, every, like, you know, Raphael Sabarge, people like that, where I just. Mark,
0: Mark Meer, I know, don't like, love that
2: man. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just an yeah. incredible cast of people. And I feel super lucky to have this, have, had this entree into this whole group of people. I wouldn't know.
1: Yeah. If we can stick with that game for a bit. Um, did you know when you first started it, uh, that it would be what it, turned out to be and that you know a decade later people would be clamoring for a remaster of this title. This game means a lot to a lot of people myself included. It's a fantastic trilogy of games but all of them are great and both of you are really major reasons why it's so good because when it was released there was obviously voice acting in games but the depth of the characters in this game I think set it apart and really what made it so special to so many people.
0: It's true. I had no idea. Um, (laughs) I've done games where Good Lord, they flew us to another city to be on this incredible, you know, performance capture stage. And we all suited up for days and stayed in cool places and ate great food and a fortune was spent and the game never happened. Like, you know, and it's like, oh, this is going to be a huge game and boop, it's gone for whatever reason. And I've done tiny little games that were just done for the joy of it and that are super successful. And with this one, I, I don't ever look at that because that's not mine to call. You know, if I have my eye on that, my eye's not on what I believe my eye should be on, which is inhabiting this character fully. And to what you said, Pat, part, I mean, to me, one of the largest pieces of the depth of reach and impact of this game is the writing. And and it's not, it's the writing hugely. Mm -hmm. And it's the culture at BioWare that birthed it, which was, let's take chances. Let's, we're going to do inclusion, even if it's not, Even if it shakes people up, even if it makes waves and and somehow creates issues for us, we're going to do this. Um, We're going to dive in and make a game that includes the players at a depth they haven't been included at before, regardless. We're going to make games for the best wise to make games. And I think that's huge.
1: I think Jack is a good representation of that too. Uh, it, when the game came out, as a character that we hadn't seen a lot of characters who look like Jack or act like acted like Jack. Um, how did you sort of embody that role, Courtney? And what was it? I mean, when you get these, are they completely fleshed out? Do you get to imprint on them as an actress. How does how does the process work?
2: I mean, for Bioware, it was it was on the page for sure, and um, you know, I think I think you know, when writing is really great, you know, when you're like both there's like, there's great writing. And then there's writing that feels like you wrote it, that like, you are like, you know, that this is that they knew you when they wrote it, you know, there is a difference. Um Sometimes you're just like, this is a great piece of, of work. And then sometimes you're like, are there cameras in my house? Are, you know, like, how do they <laughs> know me so well? <laughs> and, um, and I joke that they must have gone through like my, you know, my uh, my journals from high school or something, because because <laughs> um, it felt really easy with her, like the whole emotional arc of her. And I think you know, to some degree, it, it was because I could totally relate to, uh, you know, you wouldn't know it now, but I had a mohawk in high school, I had shaved my head, oh, and. God kicked out of school constantly for dress code infractions and things like that. Um, I, I got actually asked not to return to one of my high schools. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was also expelled from high school. So you're not alone. If you feel
2: yes, right. yes. you can well, still be
1: a successful person. If you- okay.
2: Exactly. I'm so and unsuccessful. Graduate right on now. time, even <laughs> if they try and keep you out of school. Yeah. But, um, but I, I, you know, I went to a lot of, I went to four different high schools and, and, um, and I had real emotional, I've always been such an, a really emotional person. And I even when I was a kid, I had emotions that were too big for me, you know, and I didn't have healthy ways to channel those things. And so when I was younger, I chose a lot of unhealthy ways to channel them. And so um, and frustration and anger were a, a byproduct of me not being able to work out some of that stuff. And obviously, Jack's backstory is Unbelievably, you know, tragic. Um, I, I, you know, we we don't share that backstory, but um, I felt like for me, I was so happy to see a character that wasn't um, like the traditionally like attractive woman with big boobs and big lips and big, you know, everything, and and that she was that she felt like she was written and drawn for me for people who have my sensibility, for women who have my sensibility and my look and my outlook, that I could be represented in a way, even though I am not similar to her in so many ways, there was these deep similarities that I just felt um, that were just so easy for me to tap into. And I get very emotional talking about her because I believe that um, not only is her surface important to be embodied out in the world so that women can, and men, very importantly, men can see different kinds of beauty and different kinds of, you know, not beauty, um, just different looks of how people want to express themselves, but also uh, her her um, sexuality. And then also uh, that she's not a well-behaved, quiet woman. And there are a lot of us who aren't like that. And so it was really... Uh, amazing to have all of that portrayed as well as have this storyline that was so, is so important for people to understand that you are not the sum of what has happened to you, that you are not the sum of what people have done to you, um, that you are greater than that. And that no matter who you have been or what has been, you know, what has gone on in your life that you are worthy of love and being loved and, and, and loving other people. So sorry, I get really emotional about her, but I think it's so important because people need to see that. And that is a much deeper, you know, um, thing to put out into the world um, as a character. I think everyone needs to know that. So that is an extremely long-winded and emotional answer, but... Oh,
0: beautiful.
1: Standpoint. It was a beautiful you know response to such a simple question. I love
2: it. <laughs> it was beautiful. And I want to add to
0: that, that what I know and what I experienced of the dev team, they meant to do that. It wasn't an accident. It was, they intended that kind, that level of inclusion and that level of depth.
1: I think that lends itself to why the game has resonated for such a long period of time and why it's resonating now again, you know, mm-hmm. a decade decade plus after it was released the first time. There are a few changes in the new versions of the games. I'm wondering if you, if either of you had to go back in and do any new work, did they use just the old work and so you're reliving it again?
0: They created all of that out of what they had in-house. Wow. Yeah, they did all of that just with what they had.
1: It's interesting. Um, Let's move on to uh, Ratchet & Clank, which I think, I'm not alone in saying this, I think a lot of people think this is the game of the year already, uh, which is exciting because we're only about halfway through the year. This game is fantastic. It's really great. Uh, Jennifer, if we can start with you, because you voice a brand new character and a very important character to the narrative uh, with Rivet. People love Rivet. (laughs) Um, Me too! What's it been like (laughs) for you just to watch this? I mean, people are obsessed with this character.
0: I'm I'm over the moon, I'll tell you, because we when i auditioned for it it was one of those auditions that just jumped right into me it was it 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 hit me on an intuitive level and i know enough now to just surrender when that happens and i don't need to send a second take i don't need to try something different on that one because that is where it, it literally lined up with my soul and went do this and i was like okay let's do it you know and it was just a joy Chris Zimmerman Salter directed all my sessions and she kept going. We've known each other. Oh my God, my entire career, you know, since the mid nineties, one of my first places I ever trained was in her class. And one of my first jobs ever was with her and my first, you know, she was, she's amazing. And she kept saying to me during the sessions, she's you, she's you. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the part of me that people haven't seen for so long because, because of the success of mass effect, People came to really desire more of that feeling from me when I would take on roles. And one of the joyous parts of our job is the sheer variety that we get to do as voice actors. I can be, I can be spore-mold, you know, or I can be someone older and more refined, you know, or I can be, I can be five or six, you know, like we get to do that variety. And often when we have a great success, people are, are hungry to hear more of that particular thing, which is great. It's a huge compliment. So to get to do a role that occupied a, a completely different piece of my vocal range and my soul and my spirit, because look, Rivet is, she's been through it. She's scrappy. She's been let down a million times and she's tough and she's resilient, but she doesn't come to it from that dark place. She comes to it from, we're going to figure it out. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's just, oh, it, it, it fills me with so much joy. Yeah.
1: It's so fun to watch you just slip into characters like that. It's very <laughs> fascinating to me. Uh, what it's- it, you said that have- blows my mind is that you audition for these roles. You would think, correct me if I'm wrong, you are the most prolific voice actress on the planet, according to Guinness Book of World Records, and yet you still have to audition for roles?
0: I think I'm the most prolific in games. I I have some peers who would very much rival me in animation and they're, you know, Gray DeLisle, Tara Strong, Kari Walgren, they're extraordinary women, but yes, in games, that is my seat. And I'm very grateful for that. And here's the, here's the cold truth. This industry's groundhog day. And you often start over every day The yes, there are projects that come along that say, Hey, will you, would you like to work on this? And I usually say, sure, that'd be great. You know, and much of my week is spent doing what we all do, which is it's funnily enough. It's, it's work for free. We get in here in our booths and we get the scripts that come across our desks and we put our hat in the ring to see what'll happen. So, um, Something I discovered actually through through an article I wasn't aware of was that they did blind listening for this. So I, I sent my audition in through my agents and, um, and they listened to them without knowing who was who. And they just popped their favorites into a pile. And the story mentioned that they really liked what I did. So <laughs> it was really cool.
1: Clearly. And that's really amazing, actually. It shows that the work itself is it wasn't just the name behind it, though. Yeah, it's
0: cool. It's like I still got it.
2: Yeah, (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I tell people all the time when they say, oh, you know, I want to get into voice acting and and, um, you know, people will say, well, I really just kind of want to do the voice part, maybe not the acting part. And I'm like, there's no such thing. But um, (laughs) but I say that this is, you know, this is like going out for a movie and auditioning against Tom Cruise that you are going to, I always say, who's your favorite voice actor? And people will say, you know, Jen Hale. And I'm like, great, because you'll be auditioning against her. So bring your A game, right? Because it's the truth. And um, I also just want to say, I know this is a love fest between me and Jen, but I just have to say like, yet another amazing female player character. Like, you know, Jen has made it the norm for these characters to exist. And I'm so grateful as, as someone who's gotten to reap the benefits of that, um, uh, that you know, this is this is not only another great player character, but a player character that is like 180 degrees from Shepard, and you know, just shows that this is really the magic of voice acting, is that you can put you can have these sides come out of the same character, the same person, regardless of you know their backgrounds or or uh, the way they look or their age or anything else that, that, you know, I, I see that a lot of the, um, some of the, you know, kind of on camera aesthetics coming in to our industry. And it makes me sad because I feel like the, the reason that this is such a magical job is because you're not hindered by the external. It's really about what's in your heart and in your brain. So. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Thanks, Jen. (laughs) I want want to add to what Courtney just said, which
0: is that this group of actors are some of the most talented people on the planet, and I've I've never believed for most of my career, since way on in the early days, that there is any any such thing as competition. Because they're they're making a salad. Do you want a kiwi or a tangelo? This business has amazing kiwi in your salad? Incredible tangelos. <laughs> you never know. It's that kind of game, right? Don't you know who knows what they need. But I was totally thinking you were coming with arugula. I, you know, we could do that. Yeah, let's go eat. <laughs> it was just enough.
1: I, I got it. I, I like Kiwis. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask this later, but since we just touched on it, um, I'll give a bit of background. I, I spoke to Roger Craig Smith, who is another very prolific.
0: Who? Person. Kidding. <laughs> you mean bird guy? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. bird nerd birds. up in uh, Idaho.
2: <laughs> Big in the birds. We talked about Idaho a lot too. I just
0: harassed, texted him the other
2: day. I should have called him bird nerd. Okay. I call him bird nerd all the time. I'm like, there are <laughs> all your followers. Oh, Point. Another bird uh, post. Bye.
1: <laughs> I had uh, I had written a, a piece. Uh, that, sorry, I'm just plugging my own work like a jerk here. But uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote a piece for THR. Uh, talking about the different um the Hollywood actors who are getting more and more in games this was pegged to when uh, Death Stranding launched so Norman is and there are other big stars in there with Mads Mikkelsen but it's it's become a trend and Hollywood is focusing a lot more on games than they might have been in the past and we're yep. seeing the actors now take on roles there is a long history of really phenomenal performers who have been working in this space for a long time and have made this space into what it is I'm talking to two of them right now. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this trend that's happening. And is it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it worrying to watch these people that just have name recognition and you know you're getting these roles just because you're Keanu Reeves?
0: I don't don't spend any time worrying on it because I can't control it. Mm -hmm. The two things, I have very specific thoughts about it. I'm excited for the time and I'm holding my intention that this time exists sooner than later when the corporate decision makers because sidebar here's, here's what has to be clarified. Indie devs get the talent that voice actors are fans get the talent that voice actors are. The gap is in the corporate decision makers who I wonder how many of them even play. Um, And I don't know, no, no, no shade there, but it's an honest question. Um, And if they do, what are they playing? Are they game aficionados or do they just do it every now and then? And They're bringing these people in sometimes because they're amazing talent, but does that talent translate to this? They're bringing them in sometimes because they want to hang out with them. Fair enough. And they're bringing them in because they think they're going to have an impact on box office. And I have yet to see that proven. The point I'd like to drill down on and emphasize and highlight in bold is that fans have the power. As a culture, we've been infantilized to outsource big decisions now to corporations for a couple decades. I've watched the process happen. And it's time for us to take it back. Fans need to understand, for example, Mass Effect, FemShep is on that box because fans rose up and said, give us this. FemShep was all over the Mass Effect um, legendary release trailer because fans stepped up and made their preference known. Every single person out there has power sitting idle in their hands. They just need to use it.
2: And you can use it on social media, you know, you can reach out, but I, I have, I agree with what Jen says. I also uh, wanna just say that, that yes, obviously fans can dictate quite a bit of, um, you know, they can help steer what they see Um, uh, and that factors in everything from reaching out on social media to voting for politicians who will create laws that actually affect the kind of media you see um, to get really big picture, right? Um, I think with the interest from um, STARS, uh, there has been an expansion of material. Um, I think there's more, far more, with the blowing up of you know cable and and things like that. That there's a lot more opportunities. So I do appreciate that the um, that this is not just for kids anymore, and that there's a lot of really interesting, exciting um, projects. Everything from you know Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix to a, a lot you know tons of anime stuff that's coming out, like really different styles and and things. Um, what And I understand how business works and I understand that they want to capitalize um, on star names. What bothers me is that in a situation where let's say there's um, and this is more along the lines of like maybe like an animated movie where there are four stars and they're only mentioning the one on camera actor. I feel like there's an opportunity, I was reading, someone said, how are these people ever going to be household names if they don't get any recognition? And I think that's both um, both from the corporate side where, you know, it doesn't cost you any more to have, you know, frames of characters and, and put the actors' names because we do have a fan base mm-hmm. and many quite large fan bases, you know. Um, so I wish that the corporation side of things would see that and see that we are people who like to do press for the, we're proud of the work that we do. We're very available to do that kind of stuff. And, um, and sort of, uh, you know, tap that, tap that access, tap that, that's not bad, um, tap that, (laughs) tap that untapped resource (laughs) resource, um, for that. But, but also um, that, that as voice actors too, we don't, We don't come up the same way that on camera actors do. We don't spend. I hope you're talking to Courtney (laughs) nicely. That's my ringtone. Hi. um, Uh, No, that is actually one of my friends' children said to her on video. I hope you're talking to Courtney nicely, and I turned it into my (laughs) ringtone because I want everyone to talk to Courtney nicely. I
0: got to know how to do that.
2: I will. I will show you. But uh, um, but just that idea that um, that we come up in a merit based. Voice acting is a is merit-based. It's talent-based for the most part. And so we never have this idea coming up that we have to like employ people to make a bigger deal out of who we are. We don't have like big PR companies and we don't spend tons of money to get entree to things. And I wonder if maybe. You know, it's, it's something that voice actors have to start looking into at this point to start handling business in a way that's more similar to our on-camera compatriots in order to get the same kind of recognition um, and the same kind of, and I don't mean like getting stopped in the supermarket, I mean entree into bigger, um, you know, projects yeah. and, uh, you know, and getting pay equity um, and getting the things that are offered to on-camera actors Because I think as voice actors, we've had to really hone our craft. And I know there's many, many amazing on-camera actors and I'm happy to have them come into this space as long as they treat this part of acting with respect you know, and that it's not, you know, just easy. Um, I will call out Chris Rock that um, he said, you know, voice acting is so easy, but he only uses his own voice. So of course it's easy when you're getting, you know, paid to do your thing, but we, we train, we do all of this stuff and somewhere in the, in the love of the craft, we lose the business side of it. So that's on us. Um, But also on the other side, I really wish people would appreciate more than, or equally a pretty face and a great voice. How about
0: that? Yeah, (laughs) I think it also requires a level of thoughtfulness from people involved in that side. I think they just don't think about it.
2: I also just want to make a notation that I wasn't saying that some on-camera actors are very pretty and people give them lots of love for being pretty. But you're pretty. But you know what I'm saying? I just, that that sounded kind of weird. So I just no, wanted I to say, like, sometimes people are like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. You know, this on-camera actress and and nobody, you know, it it, it doesn't work out the same way. I hope that we can clip some of this. Well,
0: I, yeah. I know what you're saying. Don't worry. That will
2: take care of us. <laughs> One thing, fix me, Pat,
0: fix me. One of the things that happens that I don't know if people are aware <laughs> of is we will quite often stunt for on-camera actors coming in to do games. Like they can't do the efforts or the running animation the the gameplay stuff they can't do it and and also in animation like i what did i do charlotte's web i i did all julia roberts lines before she came in to do them and then she came in and replaced me on all those lines and i knew that was the job going in you know and it's happened i've done it many times for many things like that
1: that's (laughs) fascinating i hadn't heard that before and then i mean it's similar to stand-in work then at that
0: or I call it stunt I'm stunt dory um yeah. when ellen's too busy you know which is the anything but the movies I'm I'm the stunt dory that comes in and does all the dory stuff when when she's busy and yeah. stuff like
2: that mm-hmm. it's, and it's more than being a stand-in cuz stand-in is sort of yeah. you know you're doing it for lighting and blocking and stuff um oftentimes when you're doing scratch or that kind of stuff they're like great we're going to use that and then you're like Well, that's the read that I did, but with somebody else, you know, so they're, they're also kind of mining your acting choices and stuff too, which is fine. We know what the deal is, but it is that.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting, I mean, look, it's interesting whenever you talk about commerce and art and the relationship that those two have to have, but (laughs) having spoken to many voice actors and not just voice actors, by the way, I mean, it's performance capture and then people like, I don't know, Phil Lamar, who does both. Um, Yes. A lot of people do as well. It's just... Both, yeah. I don't want to say there's a lack of respect to it because that's not true. There is a fan base and people do respect what voice actors do. But if you're seeing people come in and sort of jump a line or take work away from other people, it becomes an issue, at least from the
2: outside when I'm looking at it. Well, I mean, I you know, for me, it's about uh, like somebody like uh, Robin Williams, somebody who comes in and, is, and is, has as much love for this area of the craft that we all do. I have no problem with that. Like, I feel like that is going to, if you go see a movie, cause you know, Robin Williams was incredible. And, um, and you also are like, Oh, Hey, who's that person? Or, Oh, that cat was really funny. Oh, that's Corey Walgren. you know, then great. That's, that's more exposure and it's more work opportunities for us. It's the thing that frustrates me is when somebody who's, who's either not putting in the time and effort and and respect for the craft or is maybe just not the best person for the job is getting it merely because of their name that can be a little bit of a bummer but that's also life and you know you also have to kind of focus on your your part of the world and do you know do your best work and take care of business you know
1: and both of you have been cranking. I mean, when you roll through your list of credits, it's astonishing, the amount of work, both the, the prolific nature of how many projects you've both been involved with, and all oh, the, the successful projects and the great work that has come from it. I do want to ask you about Ms. Zircon. got off track with this long meandering thing because I derailed- Esoteric
2: the <laughs> state of the world, fight the power.
1: I read that you did not reference the old miss zircon was sort of just a robot voice i don't know if it was done by i I think somebody actually voiced her but it was still it was a very rote robot voice and now there's a lot of personality i'm not trying to discount what was done before but now we have the southern accent she's a little bit sassier and it's just it's more of a character i feel than opposed to just a boss the way it was in the first one what was it like to kind of come to a character that already existed and then were they allowing you to just kind of put a stamp on it was it written the way it comes out
2: they, they, uh, the audition was very much for, they wanted a Southern take on it. So I'm not sure, like, uh, as much as I would love to take credit for the fact that, you know, she was supposed to just sort of be the, uh, the same iteration as last time. And I came in and wowed them with my fresh take on it. They actually were like, we want to, we want a cool, like kind of rockabilly chick, Southern rockabilly chick. And, um, I don't know that she came out as cool. <laughs> I think she came out as sort of the opposite of cool which i love that she is so like you know she's the loudest chick in the area and she's you know winking and doing these huge stage whispers about being a spy and espionage and um so they definitely um laid that out for me and i think we kind of turned her into a little uh we found that that sort of um goofy goofier side of her in the in the sessions and they were very much open to, you know, they had written her with, you know, colloquialisms and stuff, but we, we piled it on. I mean, I was like, (laughs) I was like, let's find every single Southernism, you know, that I can find and, and, and play, play, play. It was amazing. I'm so grateful to them.
1: Uh, I'm going to change tacks a little bit just because of the timing of where we are right now. E3 just ended. I'm not sure if either of you followed any of the news from E3, but if you did, was anything exciting to you?
0: We had a panel on E3. <clears throat>
1: Did I miss yeah.
2: Your
0: panel? yeah we had a panel um we're part of a group called what the Vox, and it's a group of six voice actresses who and on, you know all of us do on camera as well and we've come together just to kind of support each other and lift each other up and raise the profile of voice actors and we got to do a panel during e3 which was really really cool yeah
1: can I just say what was cool about this E3 as opposed to past years? And I know there are different panels and different events at the physical E3, but now because it was all digital, there's much more of a um, there's much more of a, a platform for the audience there for these. Whereas in the past, it might have been you had to be there physically and had to know what was happening, and now yeah. it gets spotlighted a lot more. Yeah. That said, now I, I feel like a jerk because I, I missed it, but.
0: Oh my God, it's hours of content. I didn't expect you to know every piece of it.
1: Good I help. don't have a platform right now. I'm just kind of watching as an observer for the first time.
0: In years. <laughs> <off for me. laughs>
2: it was, I mean, it, yeah, it was jam packed. I mean, I, I am, I am uh, super interested to see. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm slightly biased because I love the, the crew at Bethesda, but I'm really excited to see Starfield and, and see, um, you know, how that differs from their other games, but there was just a ton of stuff. Um, and I'm was really glad to see that there was, you know, panels with women and diversity panels and stuff like that. Um, and I and I, you know, it was great. And it was also like there was a lot of space, unfortunately, for you know, people who are always gonna like shoot down everything because they're just mad that, you know, for whatever reason, um, so. Uh, I really do like that there was a ton of accessibility for people who can't normally make it in person because it is, it is unbelievable. But I am so looking forward to it being back in person because you can't, you just can't even take in what it's like to walk into the convention center and see the you know the dragons blowing fire and you know going into vaults and and having these amazing experiences and fun photo opportunities and <clears throat> for me it's it's very much um like my favorite kind of convention style thing um because you're just getting to see so much of how uh, different people work and there's a, you know, Indiecade. And, uh, so you get to meet, you really get to meet a lot of indie developers, which I'm super excited to do every year. Cause that's the kind of stuff that I also want to explore work-wise is to, um, is to as much as that. And I love AAA games. I love everything that I get to do, but I'm also just kind of obsessed with these smaller, really story-driven, really simple things. And, um, so I, you know, always excited to see that stuff.
1: It's such a burgeoning scene right now. There's just an explosion of indie games. It's never been easier to make a game. It's still not easy at all to make a game, but it's much easier than it used to be to make
2: a game. Right, oh. right. And and I'm excited because a lot of them are having more voice actors. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm out there looking for you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll flash your number on screen. Exactly.
2: Uh, yes. Um, I will
1: close with something I ask pretty much everyone we talk to, because I think this is something that's near and dear to my heart, but there's always another generation coming up that want to do what you both get to do every day. And if there's any advice that you can impart to somebody who might be listening, who says, hey, I want to be a voice actor. I'm good with voices. <laughs> what are what are ways that they can go about it that were successful for you or things that you just wish you knew?
2: You're going to audition against Jennifer Hale, so bring your A game. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no such thing as competition.
0: Mind your money. Court, you go, and then I'll... Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, God, um, you know... It's the standard answer, but it just bears repeating constantly, like always be learning, always, you know, treat this part of the industry with the respect that it deserves. It is not about how well you do Bullwinkle because somebody else does that voice already. Um, You know, that can be helpful, but, but really, you know, when we get into the booth, we're, we've done all of our work already. I, I liken it to, you know, um, being like a squirrel, like picking up nuts all the time where you're, you're sticking, you know, walnuts in your cheeks all the time, because someday someone's going to go, I need a walnut. And you're going to go, it's right here. You know? Um, so I'm always learning and trying to get better at accents and improv and, and, um, you know, learning about the game. There's so much to learn and there's, you know, you, there's never been more of an information highway about the kind of work that we do, access to the people who make it, like learning how the sausage is made. I mean, <clears throat> you could be on YouTube for the end, of, till the end of your life and still not get all the information about this industry. Um, and uh, for sure, just, you know, know that, that uh, be smart, run your business like a business. If you do get a leg up in this in this world, Um, And this is for all actors and all creatives, really, Um, you know, uh, don't freaking book a commercial and quit your waitressing job because (laughs) things happen like, you know.
1: That sounded very personal, Courtney. Did that happen to you?
2: No, you know, what's funny is that I actually saw, you know, so many of my friends, I waitressed forever. And so many of my friends would be like, you know, I, I booked a, a um, you know, a special K commercial, I am out of here. And they're like throwing their their, And I'm like, I'll take your tables. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and I ended up getting um, the the crew that decided one year who the voice of Toyota was going to be. It was the voice of all TV and radio. Um, they actually came to where I was waitressing to tell me that I had booked that campaign. My boss came out, my manager, and he's like, oh my God, are you going to quit now or after your shift? And I was like, I'm not quitting. And, and I was, I was the voice of Toyota and I was waitressing at the Cheesecake Factory because I was like, I am that person. That's always like anything could change. Mm -hmm. So I need to make sure that I, you know, kind of put things aside and, and it has stood me in good stead, um you know, I, I waitressed until well beyond what most people would have, um, just because I was like, man, I just want to make sure I can pay my rent every month. Mm -hmm. You know, this is feast and famine, this industry. And, and as it is with all creatives and, and really like, there is no such thing as job security with anybody's job. We've seen that, you know, through the, through the, through COVID, you know, people who are like, I'm untouchable. Well, you know, so So keep that in mind and, and know that you're not necessarily in control of external factors. And if you can make yourself comfortable so that you can continue to do the things that you love during the fallow times, you are in great shape.
0: Amen to that. To add to what Courtney said, I, I've been doing this since I was in my teens, you know, and full-time since I was 20. And there's, I've learned that there are times when you're in fashion and times when you're out of fashion and it has very little to do with anything you're doing typically provided you're keeping your skill set sharp and you're good to work with it's not about you save your money when you're working um don't judge yourself when you're not keep your head in a place that's productive and not icky you know um as far and courtney's right learn 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 and okay shameless plug time. <laughs> First of all, D Baker, D Bradley Baker created this amazing site called I want to be a voice actor.com. Go there. It's extraordinary. And then when you're done, come on over. We are launching now to skillshub.life, not not.com skillshub.life. I have uh, created with a couple of partners, a site, it's a micro coaching site. You can go and do 10 minutes with somebody, 20 minutes with somebody, extraordinary coaches who work, and you can just dip your feet in You can see how it feels for you. Aside from that, though, like work out a little bit every day, read out loud for a minute or two, listen to it back. Maybe one thing, fiction, one thing, nonfiction, listen to it back because that'll help you grow. And you'll also get past that point where you're uncomfortable with the sound of your own voice, because you can't learn much about your acting and stuff till you get past that. Um, And it's just every day. It's like putting a dollar in the bank every day. You don't do it for four hours on a Sunday. You still just get a dollar. I mean, you can. D Baker talks about he got from Kath Suuci to like when he walks his dog, he reads a book out loud. And I think of the people who pass him and don't know who he is and think, what is that guy doing? And I think of the genius and the extraordinary things they're missing, not following behind listening. But, you know, read out loud. Take acting classes, take improv classes, take some kind of intense singing training, whether it's opera or Broadway belt to support your instrument. It doesn't matter if you're a singer, you wanna build this muscle and become two people, become your own benefactor and become the artist because that artist creative part of you flows out of your little kid and you don't go to a four-year-old, you better get this one right because the rent depends on it. That'll net, your, your creative fountain will dry up, sorry. So be your own benefactor and don't have judgments about whatever you have to do to make money in between. Number one at the top of that list as a creative is practice radical, incessant, reasonable self-love and self-care. Because if you hammer yourself, you're going to shut yourself right down.
1: I love that. That was beautiful from both of you. Thank you very much. And I'm sure that is helpful to lots and lots of people. You're inspiring me. Maybe I should be a voice actor. If I had any talent, I would follow you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you both very much. Jennifer Hale and Courtney Taylor, two wonderful, wonderful artists, but also just wonderful people with a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. It was so much fun talking
2: to you.
0: This has been delightful. Oh my God. Anytime. And, and thank you to everybody
2: out there. Thank you for watching. Thank you for playing. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for supporting and thanks for supporting Pat. And thank you so much, Pat, for making this work. It took a little doing,
0: but we all got together (laughs) and I'm
2: happy to come back anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you.